The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. That's right, Bear Down Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, and we got a good podcast coming up here today. We're going to be talking to Benjamin Albright, based in Denver, but really a solid insider. He's got a lot of really good information. He's tweeting it out constantly at Albright NFL. That's two L's. Albright NFL, and he he does a heck of a job, based in Colorado, so he, he's got a lot of Broncos ties, but he has a really good sense of what's going on at the NFL. He was at the Combine, and, and like we, we know, the Combine, a lot of rumors fly around there, so we're going to talk to him about free agency, and we're going to push it in, in a Bears direction, talk about the quarterback and, and what else the Bears can do, what he kind of heard in Indy, and you know, talk a little bit about the draft and what what positions, what prospects might be available there in the second round that the Bears can really target? Because, you know, I was I was kind of looking at it, and this draft is really important for Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears because, look, they 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 decided they made a decision that they were going to trade away a lot of draft picks, and a lot of people get bothered by that. But you know, when you get Khalil Mack in here, you know, and you target guys like David Montgomery and Anthony Miller and expect them to be big additions to your offense, and you trade away picks, the Bears decided that that was worth it. Now, some people will say it isn't. Other people will say it is. But the bottom line is, is right now, the last couple of years, the Bears have not had a lot of draft capital. And what happens there is suddenly when you look around at the, the roster, there's not a lot of depth. And that's what happens when you don't have a lot of draft picks. That's why a lot of people think the best thing to do is to trade back, especially in the first and second rounds. If you have a guy you like and you think he's going to be available five picks later, trading back and picking up more second, more third, and more fourth round picks, because those are the picks that you get a decent hit percentage on, and those are the guys that are going to fill out your roster. You hit on a couple of them that will become legitimate NFL starters. But those are the guys who can fill in for you in a pinch and not embarrass you. And you get a guy like Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah, he wasn't great immediately. It took him some time. He was a two-down thumper for a little bit. Learned to be a little bit better in pass uh, pass coverage last year. And 
now he's looking at a pretty good payday, whether that be with the Bears or with another team. And that's obviously that's a fourth round pick. So those are the type of guys that are critical to your roster. So the Bears here finally starting to get that capital back. No first round pick this year, but they got two twos. They got plenty of picks on day three. They got picks coming up upcoming next year. So these next drafts, they're very important for Ryan Pace to hit on a lot of guys. Not necessarily needing superstars to hit, but he needs a lot of solid NFL players to really start strengthening the depth in his roster because, as we know, the Bears are strapped for cash, which is which is fine. That's that's going to happen as, as you sign players and, and re-sign some of your very talented players. But they're not going to be able to keep everyone over the next couple, three years. So it's critical that guys on rookie contracts are able to, to step up for Chicago and start filling in at, in those positions when they cannot keep everyone on their roster. So that's really important. That's just one aspect of it. But, you know, and my my rant last last podcast aside about what the Bears and, and Pace and Nagy said or didn't say about Mitch Trubisky, not going to do any of that kind of analysis on this this podcast. This is just more of a straight free agency preview to kind of get an idea of what the Bears are going to do. And look, it's difficult because look, we know what the needs are for the Chicago Bears team right now. They need another safety, whether that means they bring back Clinton Dix or sign someone else. We know they need to re-sign Trevathan or they need to re-sign Kwiatkowski. Those are things that have to happen on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of people think they need to sign another corner. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bears are going to battle with what they have on the roster right now, probably adding a corner on a day three pick, maybe a cheap veteran. And when I say cheap, I mean cheap, couple million. That's it. That's the kind of thing I think they're going to do in the secondary. On the offensive side of the ball, that's where they need to focus in free agency. They need, I think, another tight end. I like Austin Hooper. I know a lot of people don't like the price tag that comes with him. I think he would fit really well in this offense. I think that's the guy they have to target. Hunter Henry might get franchise tagged. Uh, Ebron, I don't love Ebron. I don't like the price tag that it looks like is coming with Ebron. He's not a great blocker, so he's not going to help in the run game. He has a lot of drops. He's inconsistent. You know, I, I think we know who Eric Ebron is at this point, and that's not a tight end worth six, seven, eight million that we're hearing he may get on the open market. So I don't like that idea. The tight end is absolutely something they need to focus on. We know they're bringing in a quarterback. We know that's happening. Who that quarterback is, we don't know. Again, I'm pretty confident it's going to end up being Andy Dalton, but everything needs to shake out before the Bears can decide what they're going to do at the quarterback position and obviously offensive line. I know a lot of people want to see a ton of change on the offensive line. That's not going to happen. Leno and Massey's contracts are immovable this year, so those guys are there. White Heron Daniels obviously not going anywhere, but right guard, right guard is a spot where they could absolutely spend or, as Adam John suggested in his most recent piece, maybe they go with a, a cheaper veteran. Maybe they keep trying Coward. Maybe Alex Barris is the guy. They have a lot of options. I just don't know how good those options are. I'd like to see the Bears make a, a run at Graham Glasgow. I think he would be a great fit in this team. I know his price tag's not cheap, but his price tag isn't, you know, astronomical either. So those are the positions that I would look at in free agency, and we'll definitely dive into that stuff with Benjamin Albright and kind of get a feel for what's going to be available in free agency and what these Chicago Bears can do. So let's take a quick break. Oh, <clears throat> before we take a break, I have one more thing I needed to get to before we bring in on Benjamin Albright, and that is 
Eli Manning, which I can't believe I'm bringing up here. Now, Eli Manning apparently had dinner with Ryan Pace in Chicago at Oriole Restaurant. Now, when this came out, the Twitterverse, especially the Chicago Bears Twitterverse, exploded. You've got, I got people tweeting me, my timeline, everyone's quote tweeting the, the, the Cole Wright the, or, or Leroy, the, the, the dog from PFT. Everyone's going, oh my God, what is Pace is doing? Oh, what are Eli Manning, you gotta be kidding me. Relax, people. Relax. Eli Manning is not playing for the Chicago Bears in 2020. Eli Manning is not playing for the Chicago Bears in 2021. Eli Manning will never play for the Chicago Bears. I don't know what the dinner conversation was about, but I can certainly tell you it was not to try and lure Eli Manning out of retirement to play for the Chicago Bears. I mean, actually just Break it down and think about it. So Eli Manning, whose last season he dealt with Daniel Jones, who he admitted in a in a scrum, a media scrum, that he was not enjoying being a backup quarterback. That, you know, the, the competition here and everything, it really wasn't for him. So Eli Manning, whose last season he had to deal with that, he had to deal with being benched. He was able to play at the end of the year because Jones got hurt and he got a nice farewell, the Dolphins game, wave to the fans, the ovation, you know, all, all that stuff. So Eli had a little bit of closure. Obviously, that's not the season he wants to end with, but had a little bit of closure on his career. He then, he had, and before that, he had opportunities to, to be traded. He could have traded. He could have said he needed to be traded. He wasn't going to deal with this. The Giants would have done it for him because he's been great to the franchise. So Eli Manning has this opportunity. He says, you know what? I want to play my full career with the Giants. Finishes the season. Gets his farewell with the Dolphins. Announces his retirement. Decides, I'm not playing for another team. I'm a New York Giant for life announces his retirement, has a press conference where all the giant greats show up to wish Eli a fond farewell, a 30-minute emotional press conference where he walks away from football. And suddenly, five weeks later, Eli wakes up and says, well, crap, I wasn't done playing football. What am I doing? Let me go play for the Chicago Bears. Let me see if they're interested in my services. That's what he wants to do. He wants to come to the Chicago Bears, learn a new offense. His family is in New York, New Jersey. He's got kids. He's done playing football. He's uh, he's ready to start the next part of his career, his next part of his life, I should say. Suddenly he's like, I'm going to leave them in Jersey. I'm going to come to Chicago, learn a new offense to compete with Mitch Trubisky. That's what he wants to do. And whether you want to say, well, Trubisky thinks Eli would be the straight starter. We know how much Eli struggled the last couple of years. Who knows who would win with that competition? That's what Eli wants to do. And on the other side of the coin, Ryan Pace, who went to psychotic measures to keep his interest in Mitch Trubisky a secret psychotic measures, covert dinners with Trubisky in, in, in North Carolina, doesn't tell his head coach, signs Mike Glennon to a pretty large contract to make everyone think that he has his starting quarterback. 
Every piece of information doesn't mention anything about Trubisky. Says he likes quarterbacks with giant college resumes so he, people would think that maybe he's going for Deshaun Watson. Everything he did was this covert operation for Mitch Trubisky. But suddenly he says, let's go for Eli Manning. And instead of having a private meeting with him somewhere, they go out to dinner at a public restaurant and blast to the entire Chicago world, hey, Bears fans, we're bringing in Eli Manning, or at least we're thinking about it. No, that is not what's happening. I don't know what the conversation was about. Look, Archie Manning is very close to the Saints organization. Maybe Ryan Pace got to know Eli with his time in New Orleans. Maybe Eli wanted to meet with Ryan Pace and talk about some things from Pat Shermer's offense that he thinks Matt Nagy could put in his offense. Because, by the way, Matt Nagy was apparently not a part of this dinner. So Ryan Pace is going to meet with Eli Manning about bringing him to the Bears without the head coach. I mean, just think about it for a couple minutes before everyone on Twitter decides to panic that the Bears are bringing in Eli Manning. Eli Manning is not going to play for the Chicago Bears. Okay, now let's take a break. And when we get back, we will have Benjamin Albright. He's KOA in Denver. Uh, really good insider, lots of good information. Should be a nice free agency preview. Get some rumors from the Combine. All that next after this quick break. This is Bears Banter. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back into the podcast. Very excited for our guest here. He is Benjamin Albright. You can follow him at Albright NFL. That's with two L's, Albright NFL. Great insider, a lot of interesting information constantly coming out of that uh, that Twitter feed. And he's uh, the reporter and analyst for the Broncos flagship. That's KOA in Denver. He joins us now. Benjamin, Bill Zimmerman, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. How about yourself? Uh, not too shabby. Not too shabby. A lot of Bears fans get very interested in some of the stuff you tweet. And you tweeted something pre-Combine. So I want to start there, which was, if the Raiders made Derek Carr available, the Bears would be interested. Bears fans are split on Trubisky. You know, there's some guys that still think he's got a chance to develop. And a lot of guys, a lot of fans now are out on him and want to look another direction. So Derek Carr... That tweet gained some interest. Do you think Gruden and Mayock would move on from Carr still after the combine? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're still looking at, at that potential. Um, you know, and, and the Raiders uh, looking at moving on from him. Um, you know, I, I don't know necessarily that the Bears would be the leaders in the clubhouse, although they would be interested, and they've made no secret of the fact that they're out there looking for someone who uh, has experience, um, you know, to be able to push Carr. So, um you know, they, they would definitely be very interested to talk to, uh, to several Bears people at the, you know, they're at the combine. And I think their idea or their, their leader in the clubhouse would be if Dalton came free, but Carr is definitely on the list. And, and with Carr, I mean, I, I get the, I get the feeling that Gruden probably doesn't, doesn't love him, but the, the idea of Carr and them moving on, is this kind of a, if Tom Brady becomes a Raider, then Carr is going to be elsewhere? Or would they potentially look at Newton, who's even banged up, or, or some other options at QB? Uh, you know, they would be looking for some other options. It's not necessarily contingent on Tom Brady. Um, 
you know, if Tom Brady were to go to Tennessee, that puts Ryan Tannehill in the open market, which Gruden would be very, very interested in, uh, which again pushes Carr back out to the open market. So, um, you know, there are several scenarios in which Carr could hit the open market. There's a scenario in which he stays, but um, I, from what I understand, it's it's trending towards they want to bring in a veteran, uh, draft a draft a QB, and kind of go in that direction rather than the direction they've been going. Well, let me ask you, since I brought up Tom Brady, and, and I don't think the Bears are, are, are even on the radar for Tom Brady, but I, I don't think you could talk about free agency without talking about Tom Brady and what might be next for him. I know there was a lot of buzz at the Combine that he really might be looking at another team, but I think a lot of the veterans in the NFL media are sitting there going, there's no way he's leaving New England. So, so where are you on that right now? Uh, with regard to Brady, I, I think he's going to be a Patriot next year. Um, if he's not a Patriot, uh, then I, I would suspect that he'd be a Tennessee Titan. I, I don't think that, even with all that Raiders talk, I don't think they're that much in play. Um, I, I can't see Tom Brady going to a whole new offensive verbiage system uh, and, and playing for John Gruden. Um, you know, this late in his career, uh, you go to you go to a place like Tennessee, you go to a place like the like the Colts or the Chargers that use the same verbiage. I kind of sort of get that a little bit. I, I also don't really view the Raiders as a contender, um, you know, and, and the Titans made the playoffs. The Chargers had the pieces to do it, although they didn't do it with Phil River. Uh, the Colts are a team you think has the pieces to, uh, to be in contention. I, I just don't see the Raiders being that team. So in the end, I think, I think Brady ultimately goes back, but you know, the door is open. Gotcha. Now, now, uh, let me also bring up Cam Newton, because I think that's an interesting situation. Clearly, Carolina's looking at a rebuild there with Matt Rule going a, a brand new direction. Keeping Cam on the on the roster doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense unless they're just thinking of a one-year tutoring kind of a thing. But I don't know if Cam's looking to be a, a one-year tutor either. Now, the fact that he's not necessarily healthy, how much does that put a wrinkle into what maybe the Panthers could do with Cam Newton? Well, the Panthers certainly have a long-term rebuild ahead of them. They know that. That's part of the reason Matt Rule got the contract that he got, um, you know, to kind of go long-term like that. Um, with Cam, that, that, that kind of is the question mark. You know, you've got health issues. What is the long-term viability? He's, he's basically a stopgap there in Carolina, any which way you slice it. I think Carolina in their um, dream scenario is somehow able to work a deal to send Cam Newton, uh, the number seven pick, and some other picks up to, to Cincinnati, move up to number one, take Joe Burrow, repair him with Joe Brady, and move forward in the future. Uh, I don't know how feasible that is, but I think that's their, their dream scenario, living their best life. Um, you know, in, in the end, Cam is uh, is a stopgap, though. He's a means to an end. So whether he's there in Carolina for this season uh, or not, he won't be there, I don't believe, the following season, as I think that they would uh, invest in their quarterback situation um, pretty heavily and pretty early on, looking for maybe a Trevor Lawrence kind of situation. Well, let, let me switch over to Andy Dalton, because you brought him up, and I, I do think there's a lot of momentum right now towards a, the idea of Andy Dalton coming to Chicago to be that veteran to pair with Mitch Trubisky. I think I think Andy Dalton's reputation is worse than what he's actually on the field, and, and I understand how bad he was last year. I don't think it was a great situation. But if Andy Dalton is the guy the Bears bring in, for, from a guy who watches a lot of NFL football, what do you think Andy Dalton has left in the tank? 
I, I think Andy Dalton's got plenty left in the tank. I think he's comparable to Matt Ryan as a player, just hasn't had the same situations that Matt Ryan has had over the course of his career. Uh, you go back and look at the Cincinnati Bengals over the last couple of years, those offensive lines have been brutally bad. Um, and, you know, no quarterback's going to be able to succeed behind lines like that. So, you know, I, I think Andy Dalton is underrated in the sense that, you know, he can get you to the playoffs. Uh, the question is, are you going to have a strong enough team around him because he's not going to be able to carry you through the playoffs? He's one of those... You know, Alex Smith-type quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he, he can play successful football. He's going to be risk-averse most of the time. Uh, but then, you know, you're going to have to protect him a little bit when you when you get to the playoffs. And, uh, and then hope that he catches fire in a couple of games. And, and when he doesn't, hope that your ground game and defense can carry you. So I, I think the Bears ha- certainly have the defense to be able to carry an Andy Dalton. The question is, do they have the ground game? Do they have the receivers around him? I, I, I like their line. It's not great, but it's, it's better than the Bengals. Um so, you know, with Dalton, I think you, I think you get a better quarterback. You get a more consistent quarterback than what you have in Mitch Trubisky. Um, in the end, does that make you a Super Bowl contender? I, I don't know. I would hesitate to say that. All right. Well, now, now there's been a lot of Twitter buzz that Andy Dalton, that the Bengals are are looking for a second round pick, which I, I think is actually. You know, based on what what I've traced, just comes from an athletic article of a quote of a GM saying maybe if the Dalton market heats up, he could get a second or third round pick. The the Bengals can't possibly think they can get a second round pick for Andy Dalton, do they? Well, quarterback first causes people to pay, you know, more than they should, I think, for for quarterbacks. I I don't know. I mean, a second rounder, I think a singular second rounder is a fair ask. Uh, I, I think if you're... You know, a team coming back to counter, I think you counter back with a third and a late-round pick and, and see what happens. Um, but, you know, if you're the asking team, you, you ask for higher than what sure. you expect to get because that's the nature of negotiation. Sure, and, 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 and I agree with that. I just, with just a one year left on his deal and the fact that, you know, a lot of people think there's a chance that if Dalton doesn't, if they don't find a trade partner, he's going to end up being released. I just, I can't see Dalton getting more than a day-three pick. Um, you know, I, I could, I see, I think third round is the sweet spot. Um, if there's no market, you might be able to see them move that, but you know, it, it, yesterday the Broncos swapped, uh, you know, AJ Bouillet for a, for a fourth rounder. Your quarterback's going to get more than that. Even if you know, you are a, you know, Bouillet is a corner, you're still going to get more than that for a quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I think that third round is probably the sweet spot for Dalton. All right. And if, the Bears are true and say that it is an open competition. It's not Trubisky with Dalton backing him up and, and pushing him. If they had an open competition in training camp, do you think Dalton would, would beat out Trubisky for that job? Yes, he would. He, he, Dalton's a more consistent quarterback. Trubisky has better tools, but Dalton's just more consistent. And consistency plays in the NFL. That's why guys like Brian Hoyer keep getting jobs. Um that said, you know, if you're if you're the Bears, you better hope it's a true open quarterback competition, not something like what the Titans did, wasting half a season on Marcus Mariota because the front office really, really wanted that dude to pan out when the coaches are sitting there telling you, hey, we're wasting the championship caliber defense waiting on this kid to get it. A- a- absolutely. Now, I, you know, with, with, with my job at SiriusXM, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be at a lot of NFL events. I was not in Indianapolis, but I've really gotten the vibe – the last year or so about even coming off a good season in 2018 about the national media, not just the national media, but NFL circles being really down on Trubisky. And I think, it, like you said, you know, he has the tools. I think you always hear that. Oh, he has the tools, but I think it really comes down to 
the mental aspect of the game with him. I, I think his confidence can get get shattered pretty easily. And there's the you know going through progressions and reading defenses properly and knowing timing routes and and all that stuff. I still don't see that with Trubisky, and I don't think the NFL's seeing it either. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And that, that's the thing about Trubisky is Trubisky was always going to take longer to develop because he had fewer reps in college. And you go back and look, guys like Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, that same class, had had uh, over a thousand passing attempts, plenty of looks at the field. They knew uh, <coughs> how to read. <coughs> excuse me, how to read a defense. Had plenty of reps. They'd, they'd seen a lot. Where Trubisky had one season as starter, he had about twenty five percent of those reps, and you know he just didn't really have. The, it was it was a longer learning curve for him. It was always going to be a longer learning curve, and um, I, you know I think you're at the point now where the Bears fans are just frustrated. They understand that uh, it was going to be a longer learning curve, but unfortunately they've started to reach that point where they've soured on the how long is this going to take if it's if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, and, and I, I I agree. I think there might be a chance that the light flips on at some point, but but I at this point with with, with Trubisky, I think it's going to be. You know, like an Alex Smith, Rich Gannon. I'm not saying necessarily he'll end up being that yep. good, but one of those things where it's a new team and it's four or five years down the line, he's 30, 31 years old, and it clicks. That's, that's exactly it. In fact, those, those were the names I was going to invoke. So uh, great minds, or terrible <laughs> minds in this case. I don't know. Uh, let, let me ask you about the tight end situation in free agency because we know Matt Nagy, he's running a uh, an Andy Reid-type offense. The tight end is critical in that offense, and Trey Burton did okay in 2018. 2019 injuries and the tight end position was dreadful. So if the bears look to spend in free agency is Austin Hooper worth the price tag. I don't think he's worth what you're going to pay for him. I like Austin Hooper. I think he's a good player, but he's not a great player. He's not a, um, he's not the, the player when you come into your game plan, he's not the guy that you're sitting there circling and saying, you know what we got to do? We got to shut down Austin Hooper. Uh, he, he was the beneficiary of playing in an offense that had a lot of, uh, good skill position players in it and found himself getting favorable matchups more often than not. So, uh, I, I would be very leery about overpaying an Austin Hooper when you recognize that he, that he's a guy who, uh, benefited from the guys around him instead of making them better. Well, if 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 excuse me, if Hunter Henry's out of the picture, if he ends up getting tagged or whatnot, and if the Bears are looking for for a free agent tight end, if Hooper is too much, would you would you dare look at Ed Ebron? I'm not a big Ebron guy. Yeah, I mean, given the scheme that you have there, I think that's the that's the guy you have to look at. Um, and, and I'm with you on that. It, it sucks trying to, you know, trying to roll the dice on a guy you're not sure on. But I think that he brings more to the table when he's healthy and on his game uh, than, than Austin Hooper does. Hooper's a, a better blocker. But uh, in terms of what you're trying to do with the tight end position, which is shallow crossers with the receivers uh, and see if a guy springs open and then sneak the tight end deep uh, and see if you can hit him, I, I think he's just a better fit for that philosophy than Hooper is. Right, I think I think that's fair. I just, between the drops and some of the weak blocking, I just, you know, that, that's a guy I, I think the Bears should spend elsewhere if, if that ends up being the direction they want to go. But, you know, we'll see because obviously they do need something at tight end. Um, well, obviously the combine, right. the combine is is draft preparation, and, and we're looking at some of these prospects and some of the stuff. Um, whether watching on TV or just kind of seeing some of the numbers come through on social media, some some stuff was pretty eye popping. Now the Bears they don't have any first round pick thanks to the Khalil Mack trade, but they do have two in the second round. 
what are the positions if the bear for, forget bears needs if they're just going best player available what are the position groups that you think could have the best value in the second round whether that be tight end because there's no real first rounders there maybe the depth of tackle maybe the depth of t uh, at wide receiver what what's the what's best bpa going to be for the bears in the second round well, I think everybody's talking about the wide receivers, and you know we talked just a minute ago about uh, about tight ends. You might see a guy like a Chase Claypool, you know, that you you could fall in love with a little later. He'll be available beyond the second round, but you could fall in love with him a little later, and that might be your solution there. As far as guys in the you know in the second round that that'll be available, I, I think that this class for me, the cornerback position, it's it's thin at the top, but it's fat in the middle, and, and I think you can get value and you can get good players at the corner position in that, that second and third round, so you know, if you're a team that's looking for that, obviously there's going to be plenty of receivers here. This class is stacked top to bottom with receivers, but if you're looking for uh uh, for another position besides that corner position, keep that I mean, besides the receiver position, keep your eye on the corners. There's there's some good players that are going to be available there on day two. All right, that's an in interesting nugget. I like that. Um, before I let you go, uh, your team there that you cover heavily, the Denver Broncos. They, obviously, there's some Bears ties there. What did you think? What did the fans think of Vic Fangio's first year in Denver? Uh, I loved it. He was, you know, from the media side of the house, he's a breath of fresh air because he, you know, he says what he means. He means what he says. You know, it's not just some pablum quote when you go into do pressers. I actually started going to coach his pressers again just because it's, there's actual quotes to, you know, to kind of mine there. Um, as far as him being a coach, there is, uh, you know, the fans love it. The fans love the team playing hard. The fans love that he's got kind of an aggressive mindset, even though he's kind of a throwback old school coach. He's got an aggressive mindset on offense. The the lone bone to pick, I think, is his defensive philosophy is polar opposite than what they've had over the last decade or so with, with Vance Joseph and Wade Phillips. Vance and Wade send everything but the kitchen sink at the quarterback, uh, put their corners out on an island, and hope they get to the quarterback in time. Vic's philosophy is send the least amount of guys uh, that I need to to get to the quarterback, drop everybody else back in zone, and at times that's gotten picked apart. In fact, when we saw the Bears come out here to Denver last year, that game-winning drive happened because of that. You had a, a miscommunication on the defensive line, not enough guys after the quarterback. Trubisky steps up, delivers a strike, and ultimately you guys get a game-winning field goal out of it. Yeah, and, and, and Vic is, he's a, he's a great strategist. He, he will put together the perfect game plan, I think, but the, the amount of times that Bears fans would scream at me on Twitter or, or on, you you know, to to local radio because Khalil Mack dropped back in coverage too many times was was almost laughable sometimes. Well, yeah, that's the last thing I think anybody in Denver wants to see. You got a great pass rushing tandem in Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, and what are you doing dropping them back in hook zones? <laughs> fair, fair enough. And let, let me just finish with this one because then this is more of a selfish question because one of my favorite players on the Bears the last few years has been Bryce Callahan. Obviously, Brian Pace decides not to go with him. Uh, you know, Denver picks him up, obviously, with the Fangio ties. Has a really unfortunate year with, with, with the injury and missed out. So I, I guess the Bears made the right call, but I really liked what he brought a, a, as a nickelback. Any hope for Bryce Callahan getting healthy and, and really contributing to Denver? Well, they, they plan on him being the number two corner in this uh, on this team. Bouye, of course, the trade for he'll be the field corner. Callahan will be the boundary corner, and then kick inside and be the slot or nickel corner uh, when they go to the nickel package. Uh, I, I don't think they're done acquiring corners. Um, I, I think that uh, another guy you're familiar with, Amukamara, is probably going to be on their uh, on their pickup list to add to the rotation as well. But they, they plan on Callahan being uh, being heavily featured this year. Last year uh, he was on track to play, and then that screw in his foot broke off uh, in a freak accident in practice and he just was never able to get right so um, they've you know they've 
dedicated this uh, the end of the season and this offseason to his recovery, and he has, they have big plans for him this offseason. All right, there he is, guys. Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL with two L's. Make sure you follow him. If you're not following him, you're not doing NFL Twitter right. Uh, Benjamin, thanks so much for jumping on, and uh, I'll keep an eye on you. Absolutely, brother. Take care. All right, there he is, Benjamin Albright. And like I just said, if if you're not following Benjamin, you're you're not. He is really good with with insider information. I I know. Look, you got to follow Schefter. You got to follow Rappaport. You got to uh, follow Glazer. I, I I get that. I I know the core guys that are going to give you the NFL's information the quickest. But Albright, he's got a lot of ears to the ground. He picks up on a lot of news. I think you could tell there when he was breaking down the quarterback situation how much he knows, how much he follows. So give give him a follow. And look, that, that was a lot of, of information, a, a lot of it in line with, with kind of where I, I, I was hoping, where I thought. Derek Carr, look, if Derek Carr is truly available, I really think the Bears need to make a strong offer to get him. And it's not just because I think Carr is the best fit for what Nagy does and what he could do for this offense, but here, here's the thing. Derek Carr's contract, let, let, let's break this down. Derek Carr's contract, three years, $19 million. Now, why is that contract so sexy? Is because none of the money is guaranteed. So what you have with Derek Carr is you basically have four one-year contracts with him. And why four? Franchise tag. So four one-year contracts with him, three which are highly affordable, before you even have to consider upping him on another deal. You have four years with Derek Carr. You can go for a first-round quarterback in 2021, 2022, 2023. You can possibly trade for another quarterback if one becomes available. There are so many options the Bears can do if they get a capable, I understand not a star, but a capable quarterback in Derek Carr in the quarterback position and then look around and see what they can do next season and moving forward. And who knows, maybe Carr and Nagy vibe and Carr really explodes in this offense. You never know because he has the talent, he has the arm, he can do it. So Carr's the guy for me. I, I don't know if the Raiders are gonna, gonna make him available. He'll be available at some point in the next couple of years. Gruden's not gonna stick with him forever, but Gruden's not gonna move on from Carr until he has the guy that he knows can lead, or at least that he thinks can can lead his team on the field. He's not just going to dump Carr and then end up with Marcus Mariota as his starter. He's not an idiot. So I think that's interesting. Now, Andy Dalton, I think all signs are pointing to Andy Dalton. I think that's the guy the Bears end up getting. But I am still, I understand I'm going against what he said. I am still not buying a third round pick for Andy Dalton. I get the Bears don't even have one at this point. I don't even know if the fourth round, the fourth round comp pick is what's going to go for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton needs a market. And if you look at all the available quarterbacks and the teams that are interested in potentially acquiring a quarterback, right? You go through the list, the Bucks, the Colts, the Bears, you know, the Patriots if Brady leaves, the Raiders potentially if they decide to move Derek Carr. You look at all the teams that are going to be looking for potential veteran quarterbacks and then you go through the list. Well, Tannehill if Brady goes there, Brady, you know, if he leaves, Rivers, Winston, go through the list. You're going to have one more quarterback than teams. Therefore, the market is going to be, you know, it's going to be a buyer's market. It's not going to be a seller's market on, on the trade front. So with Andy Dalton, they're going to need two or three teams involved, willing to give up second or third round picks for a quarterback that probably won't be starting for them. I just can't see the Bears giving up 
that kind of a pick. Maybe they do a day three pick and they add a conditional pick in 2021, depending on what Dalton does. I could see something like that because if Dalton doesn't play well, if Dalton now is the 2019 version of Andy Dalton and Mitch Trubisky plays the full season and Andy Dalton sitting on the bench, then yeah, he's not going to be worth much of anything to Chicago. But if Andy Dalton, as Benjamin says, as I believe, in a fair competition, jumps forward, grabs this position and starts, well, that then a conditional pick in 2021 would make a lot of sense. So there's a lot of avenues that the Bears can go down at quarterback and they're all tied together and a lot of the the whole trickle down effect starts with Tom Brady because if Tom Brady leaves and they need a quarterback in New England a lot of people think Belichick is going to go for Andy Dalton and if that happens well then the price tag is going to go up because now it's Belichick against Pace in a bidding war for Andy Dalton and that does not sound like something that the Bears are going to want to do at that point maybe you bow out and go with Case Keenum who shouldn't be expensive as a free agent you don't have to give up any draft capital but I think Andy Dalton for a day three pick is reasonable I don't even know if the Bears are gonna have to give up a, a fourth round pick I really don't now, it'll be curious to see how the market develops because, like, as Benjamin said, he's a quarterback and you've got to pay for quarterbacks. But a quarterback with a team that's going to have Joe Burrow on its roster and is going to have a quarterback who's everyone knows isn't going to be there. 17 million. The Bengals are not paying 17 million of Andy Dalton back up Joe Burrow. So if they can't find a trade partner, they're going to cut him. And teams know that. So Andy Dalton's market developing into a second or third round pick, I cannot see it. So if you ask me, if that Dalton market develops, the Bears will go Case Keenum. I think the Bears at this point should go Carr as the top choice, Dalton as choice two, Keenum as choice three. And Dalton only, you only skip the Keenum if the Dalton market gets in that second, third round territory. If you're looking at a fifth, sixth round pick for Andy Dalton, make the move. I think he's worth it. I don't think you'll need to pay him the 17 million. I think you'll be able to negotiate that price down, especially in the first year of the contract. And then maybe you have unguaranteed a second or third unguaranteed year with an escalating price in case Dalton proves that he can start for the franchise. So it'll be interesting. We got a lot that's still got to develop here coming up here in the next couple of weeks before free agency opens. It's going to be interesting for Chicago. Not a ton of money but a few key spots that they do need positions. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. We will do another podcast coming up pretty soon here, because like I said, free agency is way too much fun this year to sit back and not talk about it. So that's going to do it for Bears Banter. We will talk to you soon. Bear down, everybody. Adios. Adios.